time to talk travel. Sally Lucas, we're going to a very, well, exotic part of the world today. I think so, Jane. I think the continents of both um, South America and Africa, I think, evoke all sorts of images in our minds. And the um, African continent, of course, was often called, you know, in the past more than now, of course, the Dark Continent. And, of course, that's got nothing to do with the colour of its people. It was due to the mysterious of it because um, the Europeans uh, didn't know much about Africa and the interior was virtually widely unknown and undiscovered till the 19th century. And I can always remember when I was at uni doing Open Foundation that we had to read the novel Heart of Darkness, which was quite a, a heavy read, but it was quite interesting and made Joseph Conrad famous as an author, and that was on the Belgian Congo, of course. Um, but I think, as we said, it evokes inquisitiveness, that's a long hard word, isn't it, due to its size and many varied countries it has within it. But I think it's a big draw card for people because of the animals, really, as a, as a big draw car and the diverse scenery, of course. And I just think I can always remember hearing people that have been there that did particularly the camping safari said that it was just nothing that, that could surpass sitting around the campfire, exchanging stories and listening to guides or whatever with a star-studded sky and hearing the animals, you know, voices and noises in the distance and hopefully they will always be in the distance. Um, well, that's it. Is there some kind of attraction because the animals are mostly bigger and uglier than we are or than we can cope oh, with? Maybe it is, I suppose. I, I don't mean ugly in the sense of looking at no, them because no, they no. are magnificent. To, magnificent to creatures, particularly elephants, I think. And we all have an affinity. I think most of us do anyway. You have this, this love of elephants that you just want to see them and see them, I think, in their own environment. This is the difference. You're, everyone goes there and forgets and they say, oh, but I didn't see whatever. I think, so. hang on a minute, you're not in a zoo. You know, they are there, but they're only there when they're looking for food or water. And if they can find it somewhere else, they may not be where you are. So, you know, they do try and get you to see all the, the animals you would wish to see and the guides do everything they can, obviously on guided walks and game drives to, you know, explore as much as they can of the area. And there's some wonderful things you can do in wonderful game parks. And I think even when we're just talking about like the past of it, you think about many movies that have made about the African. I think that conjures up also images because even back as far as the African Queen, you know, in 1951, and that was set in German East Africa and World World War One. Um, then you had one like Born Free, you know, which was a wonderful story about Elsa the Lion and the Adamsons, you know, that brought her up in 1966. And then you had the romance of Out of Africa in the 80s with Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. And then you had that wonderful movie Gorillas in the Mist in 1985 about Diane Fossey, of course, and her work she did with trying to save gorillas in, in the Congo, Rwanda and Uganda. So, yeah, and, and there's many ways you can travel around Africa, of course, as well. You know, you can choose to hire a car, you can go on an organised tour, a safari, camping, you can do it in luxury lodges. And you've also got the opportunity to travel by train, of course, with a couple of wonderful trains, the, the Shongololo Express, um, which operates three fabulous adventure tours of about 16 days each that traverse the, uh, great stretches of southern Africa from Cape Town right through to Victoria Falls and also from the Atlantic to the Indian Ocean. And they travel through roughly about seven different countries, including the Republic of South Africa, Lesotho, uh, Swaziland, Mozambique, Botswana, Zambia. So, you know, it, it is a diverse country, as is we said, South America, to, and they look almost similar to me when you look at on a map and their shapes. You know, you've got this big bulbous bit at the top and narrowing down at the bottom. And if you go into the southern part, of course, of the continent, like South Africa, remember the the climate is very much like ours, the lifestyle very much like ours. Beautiful vineyards, beaches, mountains, lakes, but even into deserts and wilderness areas. So quite diverse and quite wonderful to visit. Africa, and of course, what's really the thing that we all go to Africa to watch? 
watch Sally Lucas? Well, I'm sure it is the wildlife experience that's the initial draw card, as I said, even though it certainly has a diverse amount of things for us to do and see other than just view animals, but I think that is really one of the big draw cards. And firstly, I was going to mention Kruger National Park. Now, it was established in 1898 to protect the wildlife of the South African Lowveld, and this park is actually nearly 2 million hectares. And it's part of what they call SAN, S-A-N parks. And the SAN were a group of people. That was their their name. And that's why they've called this group of parks because there are parks within Kruger Park. The whole park area has other parks within it, if that makes sense. And, And that's why they're now calling them SAN parks. And Kruger is the main park. I guess if that makes sense to you. You need to Google a little map and you'll see what I mean. But truly the flagship of the South African National Parks, really, Kruger's home to an impressive number of species. Um, over 336 trees, 49 types of fish, 34 amphibians, 114 reptiles, 507 types of birds and 147 types of mammals. So it's quite amazing. And also man's interaction with this low-veld environment over many centuries. So you've got everything from Bushman rock paintings, which would be the equivalent to our indigenous rock art. Um, is available to see and also archaeological sites as well so all these are within this wonderful Kruger National Park so as we said before you've got great diversity there and they're always doing things in advanced environmental management and you know to make sure that the park is well looked after they do still get the odd poacher believe it or not um, you know which I think is just horrific every time I hear about an elephant or a hippo or something being you know poached and killed for, for no real reason other than to make money. It's it's just disgusting. But anyhow, that's another issue, isn't it? So, yeah, so once you're within the park, as I've mentioned before, you can do everything from basic camping, safaris to, to bungalows to luxury, um, you know, campsites, cottages, family cottages, guest houses. And then, as I said before, they'll help you track animals up to eight guests. They usually take on a, on a walk or a, a guided tour at a time. And you obviously do dawn ones. You do the ones at sunset because the animals come at different times for their feeding and, and drinking water. So just remember that. And also within um, Kruger, just to let you know, there's nearly 130 recorded rock art sites and there's also ample evidence that prehistoric man roamed the area between 500,000 and a million years ago, um, which is Homo erectus. Um, there's also 250 known cultural heritage sites within the park and they've also found cult- cultural sorry, artefacts of Stone Age man. Uh, which go back again for the period from 100,000 to 30,000 years ago. So evidence of the Bushman folk, which are the San I mentioned, S-A-N, and Iron Age people from about 1,500 years ago is also in existence. So it's quite an interesting national park to visit. Certainly sounds it. Now the other areas, if you go up to Botswana, where you're sort of bordering on close to Vic Falls, so it's good to go to Botswana because you're right on that border there with Zambia, so you can duck across and see the smoke that thunders, as the natives called it when they first didn't realise what it was. Now, it's in the northwestern region, Chobe National Park I'm talking about, of Botswana, and it's renowned for its high density of elephants. That's what it's actually famous for. You'll literally see hundreds of elephants over a period of, uh, if you're there for two or three days, which you would need, either swimming across the river at sunset or walking, you know, through the veld. So it's fantastic, but it's also home to all the big five and all all the, um, they have huge pods of hippo. The um, big five. Yeah. That's not five elephants. That's one no. elephant. That's... It's elephants. I was going to stop. It's elephant, lion, hippo, buffalo, buffalo, hippo, 
Rhinoceros. And rhinoceros ross Otherwise, when I was very, being very hard to say when you were a child, rhinoceros as I used to call it. So the proximity, as I said, to Victoria Falls and all the wonderful activities that are available there, um, it covers um, an area of about, this is in miles, this, this information to me, so sorry, it's not in um, hectares, but it covers an area of 4,200 miles and it lies north of the Okavango Delta in the northwest of Botswana. So you've got lots of beautiful game parks there that are right on the river so you've got viewing right at your fingertips you could be sitting there sipping a cocktail at sunset and just seeing the animals come to the river below and you can also do guided river trips and there's actually a, a safari boat you can go on for a couple of days and cruise down the river viewing the animals that way so lots of different options in Botswana as well another beautiful part and then that accessibility to get to Vic Falls if you go to Africa I really think it's nice to do at least a couple of game parks because the vegetation is totally different. Kruger's more, um, I guess, bush type, if you can imagine, like our Aussie bush, but more a bush type area. Whereas you go up to Chobe, you're with all the, the Okavango Delta and the waterways and so on. So you're seeing a different style of vegetation as well as different groupings of animals. And then, of course, you've got the benefit of being able to get to Vic Falls, which is absolutely stupendous. We'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. On to NURFM.